Hello, everyone, and welcome to the February 1st edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd, Skarn, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our crime report. The San Diego County District Attorney announced 13 new indictments against defendants in one of the largest workers' compensation health care insurance bribery schemes ever uncovered in San Diego County. The defendants include a radiologist, a pain management physician, two chiropractors, a medical equipment provider, a medical clinic administrator, and a medical marketer. A grand jury returned indictments on charges involving about $450,000 in kickback payments, resulting in millions of dollars in fraudulent workers' compensation insurance claims. The charges in this case are the result of Operation Backlash, an extensive FBI-led undercover investigation that revealed a widespread kickback scheme. The defendants allegedly paid kickbacks to the owners and operators of chiropractic clinics in San Diego, Escondido, and Calexico in exchange for the patient referrals. The sheer scale of this fraud makes it one of the largest insurance bribery schemes in workers' compensation ever uncovered in San Diego County. Law enforcement fanned out across three counties in a sweeping early morning takedown. Dozens of district attorney investigators joined law enforcement in making arrests and serving search warrants at seven locations. At the end of the day, nine defendants were arrested. Operation Backlash was first announced last November when the initial round of federal indictments was handed down. San Diego chiropractor Stephen J. Rigler and San Diego workers' compensation attorney Sean O'Keefe previously pleaded guilty to federal charges. In addition to the new state charges, the U.S. Attorney announced federal indictments against three additional defendants. They include patient recruiters Furman Iglesias, Carlos Aguello, Miguel Morales, and four corporations. The corporations are Providence Scheduling Incorporated, MedEx Solutions Incorporated, Prime Holdings International, and Meridian Medical Resources, doing business as Meridian Rehab Care. The three federal defendants are accused of recruiting individuals to file workers' comp claims resulting from an on-the-job injury. The defendants then directed these patients to specific chiropractors who, in exchange for dozens of new workers' compensation patients each month, agreed to meet a quota for ancillary goods and services such as MRIs and durable medical equipment from specific providers. If the chiropractors failed to meet their quotas, the pipeline of new patients dried up. Officials expect additional indictments and arrests in the future as some defendants are cooperating with investigators in exchange for sentence reductions. A 29-year-old man who portrayed a dancing hamster in Kia car commercials pleaded no contest to insurance fraud. Leroy Barnes, who was arrested in 2014, entered his plea of no contest to pending criminal charges. Barnes was sentenced to 90 days of electronic monitoring and was ordered to perform 400 hours of community service and pay more than $24,000 in restitutions. 
Barnes said he was struck and injured by a falling piece of ceiling in June 2010 while dancing for a theatrical production company. He then began receiving disability benefits after seeing a doctor in July 2010. The doctor diagnosed Barnes with a sprain, strain, and joint dysfunction of the thoracic spine and irritation to the eye. His disability claim was extended every few months because Barnes continued to say that he was hurt. However, Barnes began dancing immediately after his injury and continued to dance until benefits ended in September 2011. Barnes is best known for playing one of the hip-hop hamsters in the popular Kia car commercials and he received disability benefits while making that commercial and claiming he was not employed. In addition to the Kia commercial, he also worked as a backup dancer for pop stars Madonna, Kelly Rowland, and Chris Brown, and a rap group called The Rejects, and assisted in recording the song Cat Daddy. During the same time frame, he collected $51,000 in workers' compensation benefits. A Hemet man was arraigned on insurance fraud charges following an investigation by the San Bernardino District Attorney's Workers' Compensation Insurance Fraud Unit. 23-year-old Raymond Chastain is charged with one felony count of insurance fraud and has pleaded not guilty. He is accused of failing to report income while receiving disability benefits. Chastain filed a workers' comp claim in 2012, alleging that he sustained injuries while performing his job duties as a worker for TPG staffing. But an investigation revealed that Chastain failed to report additional earned income while receiving total temporary disability benefits. After obtaining an arrest warrant, investigators arrested Chastain at his residence and he was booked into the West Valley Detention Center. And in regulatory news, the DWC announced the promotion of workers' compensation judge Paige S. Levy to chief judge beginning February 1. As chief judge, Levy will work closely with the administrative director, the associate chief judges, and presiding judges to oversee more than 160 workers' compensation administrative law judges at the division's 24 district offices and satellites. The chief judge also establishes and monitors procedures for effective maintenance of case calendars and assists in the coordination of the judicial, legal, medical, and related operational activities. Christine Baker, director of the Department of Industrial Relations, expressed her confidence in this appointment. Judge Levy has served as the presiding judge in the Marina Del Rey office since 2012 and as a workers' compensation administrative law judge since 2005. She was chair of the Workers' Compensation State Bar Executive Committee for the 2013-2014 term and served on the committee for five years. She has been a board member for the California Conference of Workers' Compensation Judges and was the project manager for the 2013 revisions to the DWC policy and procedures manual and is currently a member of the DWC Ethics Advisory Committee. Judge Levy was the 2013 California Applicants' Attorneys Association Judge of the Year, the 2012 Work Comp Central Magna Cum Laude Award, and 2014 DWC Employee of the Year recipient. 
She became a certified workers' compensation specialist in 2000. The DWC also thanked Associate Chief Judge Tom Clark for his work as acting chief judge for the past several months. The DWC has posted the 2015 Audit and Enforcement Unit annual report on its website. The audit unit completed a total of 47 profile audit reviews. 46 were routinely selected and one was a target audit, audit, which was conducted based upon a prior failure of an audit. The annual report provides information on how claims administrators audited by the DWC performed and includes the ranking report for audited companies and the number and type of violations that were found. 40 audit subjects, that's 85%, met or exceeded this standard and therefore had no penalty citations assessed. Seven audit subjects failed to meet the standard and their audits expanded into a full compliance audit. The ranking report provides the performance ratings for the 47 audit subjects listed in order from the best to the worst performer. The DWC sent a reminder email message urging everyone to use the revised version of the QME Form 105 that became effective last October. The QME Form 105 is used to request a panel qualified medical evaluator examination for an unrepresented injured worker. Claims administrators are required to send the current form to injured workers when the claim is disputed or when the primary treating physician's report is disputed. The new form and instructions for its completion are posted on the DWC website. A Spanish-language version of the form and instructions are also available, and the old forms have now been removed. And in medical news, Big Pharma is planning to jump into cloud-based drug use monitoring. For example, Novartis wants digital details on every puff of its emphysema drug on Brez to go into the cloud as soon as possible. The Swiss drug maker has teamed up with the technologically firm Qualicom to develop an internet-connected inhaler that can send information about how often it is used to remove com- to remote computer servers known as the cloud. This new medical technology is designed to allow patients to keep track of their drug usage on their smartphones or tablets and for their doctors to instantly access the data over the web to monitor their condition. It also creates a host of big data opportunities for the companies involved with huge amounts of information about thousands, even millions of patients. The potential scale of the so-called medical internet of things has not been lost on pharmaceutical and tech firms around the world and has created some unlikely alliances. Novartis' domestic rival Roach has also teamed up with Qualcomm and Danish diabetes drug maker Novo Nordisk has partnered with IBM on cloud-linked device projects while device maker Medtronic is working with the data analytics firm Gluco. GlaxoSmithKline, meanwhile, is in talks with Qualcomm about a medical technology joint venture potentially worth up to $1 billion. Other pharma tech alliances include Aerocrine and Microsoft, which are working together on a cloud project to analyze data from allergy and asthma patients. 
And even Google is working with French drug maker Sanofi to collect and analyze information from diabetes sufferers and also is working with Novartis to develop a smart contact lens that can monitor diabetes glucose levels. However, with the opportunity comes risk. Security experts warn that hacked medical information can be worth more than credit card details on the black market. Fraudsters can use the data to fake IDs to buy medical equipment or drugs that can be resold or file bogus insurance claims. Officials estimate that there are 35 million U.S. hospital discharges a year, a billion doctor and hospital visits, and even more prescriptions, much of which is stored in cloud databases. Now, the medical Internet of Things is introducing more and more web-connected devices into the equation and pushing even more confidential patient data into the cloud. And experts say this is creating potential new opportunities for thieves seeking to penetrate medical companies' security. All the companies involved in such projects say they are going to extreme lengths to protect patients' data from hackers. An FDA committee's vote in favor of approving a long-acting rod-shaped drug implant to combat, combat opioid addiction could mean co additional costs for workers' compensation payers. The FDA's Psychopharmacological Drugs Advisory Committee approved the new drug Probufine. This product is a version of Buprofen. Buprenorphine, let me say that again, buprenorphine, which federal law classifies as a Schedule III controlled substance. Buprenorphine is a widely accepted tool to help people taper from opioids that already is available in tablet and film formulations. But the proposed new product will be administered by an implant that is surgically inserted under the skin of the arm delivering a daily dose of buprenorphine for up to six months. The buprenorphine is added to discontinue the opioids, and then the buprenorphine is itself expected to be discontinued. However, often the buprenorphine is required for a long term. Thus, the implant could become a long-term cost consideration for workers' comp payers. The payer may be swapping one cost for another, and that may or may not be a cost-efficient swap. The FDA, which is scheduled to make a decision by February 27, is not obligated to follow the committee's recommendation. And in other news, attorney Barry Frank Evans passed away peacefully on January 25 at the age of 90 years. He was a giant in the workers' compensation legal community, and he practiced as a defense attorney for over 60 years. For the last 10 years, Barry switched sides with the urging of his partner, Mark Malter, and represented injured workers. Barry attended Harvard University as an undergraduate, where his class and peer group included Jack Lemmon, Charlie Chaplin, and Robert Kennedy. He enlisted in the U.S. Navy in 1944 as an officer and served during World War II. He then attended Boston University School of Law, and he was admitted to the Massachusetts Bar in 1949 and the California Bar in 1953. 
His first major employment was with the Employers Group Insurance Company in 1951, handling insurance claims. And then he joined the firm of Hurleyhe and Hurleyhe in 1953. He then created his own firm of Hayes, Laughlin, and Evans, which then morphed into Laughlin, Evans, Dalby, and Cumming, and then Evans, Dalby, and Cumming. The law firm developed into Evans, Cumming, and Malter, and eventually Evans and Malter. During the growth of Evans, Cumming, and Malter, the firm had five offices statewide with 27 attorneys and 89 support staff. Throughout his career, he presented and argued numerous cases before the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board, the California Court of Appeal, and the California Supreme Court. And that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And please remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.